0: A fifteen thirty-eight degrees with us on the phone is Brian Ernie. Brian, since I screwed up the teams last week because I had Friday on my mind, I'm going to let you introduce yourself and what you do with the Brooklyn Nets.
1: Uh, Brian Ernie of uh, snynets.com, uh, lead writer over at uh, snynets, which is the uh, official home for Brooklyn Nets news and rumors and links and all you need to keep up as a Brooklyn Nets fan on the uh, sny network of blogs. So. Uh-
0: I want to talk to you about the Nets in a moment, but I want to talk about the website itself because I've been checking it out. It's newly launched. It looks phenomenal. You are the lead guy behind all of it. So, what's going on on the website?
1: Well, I mean, we're just trying to, you know, keep everybody uh, apprised of what's going on with the Nets in, in a kind of a measured way. As a fan, um, we we like to see it through that lens. I mean, we. We have a field reporter, um, Josh Newman, who you know kind of writes a just the facts uh, style, right? And um, and we have Moe Hamilton, who's our NBA analyst, who's you know our NBA guy, our inside guy. He had uh, kind of a great look at um, the cap situation for both New York teams, the Knicks and the Nets, um, as, especially as it pertains to Kevin Love. Kevin Love's been in the news all over, and right. the teams lining up to sign him two years <laughs> early. So um, you know, and so we have those guys that that do their thing, and they do it great. Um, and then the rest of us, what we try to fill in the blanks is, listen, we're Nets fans, just like anybody else, and um, we just want to write the blog through our lens how we experience the basketball sure. game. So, you know, for us, it's been a lot of fun um, and, and a little frustrating at times early going in this season because it was such a good summer, we were so pumped up coming in, and then the 2-5 and five start, and now it's, listen, I'm being honest, you know, I wasn't panicked until um, so they lost, they got blown out by Sacramento, and yep. now I'm a little freaked out. So, uh, you know, just trying to be very relatable and and try to experience the season uh, just through through the fans' perspective.
0: I mean, look, Brian, I remember seasons where the New York Giants won the Super Bowl, and during that season, they lost to the Cleveland Browns and blowout losses. I'm still not panicking yet, but. Do you think the hype kind of overshadowed the actual talent on the field or on the court, or do you think the talent is there and it's just not manifesting yet?
1: I think the latter. I think that they're just trying to figure it out. Um, you know, you look at what this offense wants to do with ball movement, move the ball around quickly, uh, get everybody touches, um, make Darren Williams, you know, the, the main point guy, get him back to being that assist king that he can be. And they really just haven't done it yet. I mean, you know, everybody's still trying to figure out their minutes. Uh, Paul Pierce, for example, is averaging you know, about 28 minutes uh, per, per uh, game, and you know, that's way, by far and away the lowest in his career. You know, I know he's been sick. Uh, he got sick last week, and you know, he hasn't shot as well from the field since he's been sick, uh, so that could have something to do with it. And, but they're also trying to figure these guys out. How much do I push him? How much do I push Paul Pierce in November or December when I want him healthy for March and April? Same thing with Kevin Garnett. It's even a bigger issue with Kevin Garnett. So, you know, I think everybody's just trying to feel each other out still. You know, you, you mentioned the Giants. You know, the g- great big story of that is that my wife's a Giants fan, and the, day, uh, the week before that Christmas Eve game against the Jets, they right. lost to the Redskins. It was, it, I said, they're done. They, it's, the Jets will blow them out next week, and that'll be that. And they never lost again. So you never know when your hot streak is coming. You never know when the frustration
2: is going to kind of just subside. And uh, it could be soon for the Nets. I think
0: the hot streak is better to come later than earlier.
2: Yeah, better better later than now when you go into the playoffs. So, yeah, uh, I think I just on that quickly. I think it's tough sometimes for for a super team
1: sort of thing. You know the the you know the you look at the Heat three years back and they started nine and eight. Right, and it was like the sky was falling down. <laughs> yeah. so it's tough when you have such high expectations coming into the year because fans expect. That this thing is going to click right out of the gate. So, especially with a head coach who literally has seven games of coaching.
2: Literally, yes, yeah. Uh, now, uh, Brian, we're talking to Brian Ernie from SNY. Nets and uh, the Nets—they added a lot of older guys to their team this year. Big names like Kevin Garnett, Paul, uh, Paul Pierce, and you know Jason Kidd as the coach. But one guy that uh, I think is flying under the radar here is Mason Plumley and his play that he's had. They drafted this kid out of Duke. He's a big body out there. What have you seen so far that you like from him?
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, Mason Plumley is playing himself right into the lineup. Um, He has gotten, in his his last three games, 17, 15, 17 minutes, which if you look at how he was used his body of work early on, where he didn't play the first game, he only got a couple minutes in Orlando, Um, he's he's certainly playing himself on, I think, to the second unit. Listen, the kid can score. There's no doubt about that. He's a a dynamic finisher at the rim. Um, We've seen already that sick. I don't know if you guys saw it, but about a week and a half ago, a sick half-court alley-oop from Sean Livingston that, that he threw down. He can, he can do crazy things on offense. He's very quick and can put the ball on the floor a little bit uh, for a guy who's seven foot. Uh, that said, the defense isn't quite there yet. Um, I think that he's going to have a little bit of problem positioning himself in the paint for you know, the defensive rebounds um, just on the way he's made up. Um, you know, physically, I think may, it might serve him even to lose a touch of quickness to put on a little bit of muscle. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Brooke Lopez do that this, uh, this offseason, and it's really paid dividends for him. So I, it's obviously going to be work in progress with Plumlee. Um, I, it's not perfect yet, but uh, we just did a, a report card feature on him that graded that him out. And, and quite frankly, you know, I think as far as offense goes, you know, it's there. Um, the defense is a work in progress, and and his basketball sense is his basketball IQ. I think is very very good. He puts himself in a good position on the court, and and you can't teach that stuff. So it's a good sign. I think uh, I think they made a very wise pick in the first round this year.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, I kind of I when they made the pick of Plumlee, I thought they should have gone defensive, a big guy de- defensively, because you already got Brook Lopez there, but he's turning out to be pretty pretty well suited for the team so far, and uh, now the Nets will be in action again tonight in Phoenix. Phoenix is a young team, not as experienced as some of the guys on the Nets, and I think the Nets could take advantage of this game tonight, really get back back in the win column and get on a roll. What do you think, and what's your outlook for this game?
1: Yeah, absolutely, they're going to need to. Um, this is an important one because this is their second back-to-back uh, stretch that they'll have this year. Um, in Phoenix tonight, which listen, they've got they got off to a five and one start. Yeah, they're young, um, but you know they're not a rollover team. And you know we we mentioned this yesterday uh, when the Nets had an off season like they did. Teams are going to look to them and try to make a statement against them. And I think we've seen that with you know Orlando and Sacramento and. And teams like that, you really wouldn't expect to knock off the Nets, and they do. Um, I think Phoenix is going to be looking to say, "Hey, listen, we're, we might be young, but we've kind of we've arrived already." So mm-hmm. it's in their building. It's never easy to win on the road. Obviously, the Nets are zero and four on the road so far. Um, but you know, I really think they need to come out quickly. I need. I think they need to run the floor a little bit tonight. Uh, they really, really need to work on their transition defense and, and just get a body on somebody. I mean. The the, the transition defense was a problem last year. I know they worked on it a lot uh, this offseason, but, you know, it's got to get a little better. And, you know, when when you're staring down the Clippers the next night, who, you know, probably have one of the most dynamic offenses in the league, they're going to need a win here on Friday night to get one in their pocket, maybe just make everybody feel okay, and then move on to Los Angeles.
0: AM twelve thirty Wfas Orlando in the morning with Brian Ernie Brian my last question for the day I'm gonna move away from the Nets for just a moment because I know you have a passion for hockey as well now Matt and I are Rangers fans as Rangers fans it's been a little while now I've gave I gave the move some time to feel it out I do not understand the Islanders Vanek for Molson
1: well. Uh, I mean, you talked to me about the Islanders today. I, I'm ready to go through the roof <laughs> last night when they played probably the worst third period I've ever seen in my life. Yep, but, yeah. Um, you know, it was just unfortunate because they completely outplayed L.A. for, for 40 minutes. Sure. But, um, you know, here, here's the thinking behind that. Um, Thomas Vanna creates space for John Tavares. I mean, you know, you've seen, if you saw early on, Matt Molson in a five-on-five situation just isn't the greatest. Um, you know, uh, you know, he's a thirty goal scorer, but it's mostly a to playing with John Tavares. Right. Um, the guy went to, always went to the dirty areas of the ice, and he scored a lot of goals in front. And guys like that, you know, Islanders fans remember a guy like Mark Parrish, who was sort of like a cult hero of those, early, oh, yeah. you know, those early two thousand teams because he went, he got the, snot kicked out of him in front of the net, and and that was that, um, and he put the puck in the net. Molson, you know, grew up with these guys. He's a waiver claim um, off Los Angeles. You know, he really wanted to be here, and and fans see that kind of stuff, and and they fall in love with it. Uh, But Thomas Vanek's a superstar. I mean, you know, this is the best offensive scorer on the market, and he's an Islander. Um, You know, he's been out with uh, with an injury for the last three games. You know, he got hurt last Saturday night. Um, I I think if that first line clicks with Tavares, Oposo and Vanek, it's just it's lethal. Um, and I think but is it allowed. worth
0: the risk now?
1: I mean, listen, at some point, I, I think we, we talked about uh, these developing teams that like they kind of have to make a move. Right. The Nets did it you know, when they made these moves in the offseason. We've seen you know, the Mets do it a couple times. Sometimes, especially when you have a bunch of homegrown guys, you have to shock the system a little bit. The Islanders did it back in the 80s, you know, very akin to bringing in Butch Goring. Sure. And, you know, you have guys that grew up together. Now it's time to make the next step, and you need to bring in that little bit of a, you know, stranger to come in and and upgrade on talent and say, hey, listen, we're going for it all. Show the fans you're going for it all. They're in a very interesting transition phase with the Nets because they're going to be partners, you know, in the Barclays Center. They're going to share the arena. They're both looking to, to carve out a market share in, in places that they haven't necessarily been before. And they need good seasons, and they need to show their fans that they're invested. Uh, both of them are struggling right now, and both of them need to turn around really quickly. They're in, they're in very similar spots, and uh, they're going to both need to get hot or else they, they're in danger. Of the Islanders more than the Nets, because right. it's much earlier for the Nets. Um, they're in danger of getting buried a little bit. All
0: right, bro, I've got to go to traffic. Before I do, let's get the information out there so we can go to the website after the show.
1: SNYNets.com, um, your home for Brooklyn Nets coverage on the SNY network of blogs. Um, check us out. It's, uh, it's, been a, it's been a great few months since I've been on board. So uh, let's get it going, and let's get some Brooklyn Nets wins.
0: Brian Ernie, I'll talk to you next Friday, brother.
1: All right, guys, thanks for having me.